Hello and welcome to The Better Business Show with me, Tom Idle. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, welcome back. This is episode 49 of The Better Business Show. Uh, Appreciate you coming back to us and tuning in yet again. This is our end of year special. Now, back in uh, February of this year, we launched this podcast with a view of inspiring and engaging with anybody interested in learning about how sustainable business models and products and services can and do work. And I think we've done just that. Of course, we're only getting warmed up, though. We're 49 episodes in, and we've heard some amazing stories of great businesses. But we're not finished yet. We've got some good plans for next year coming up to make this uh, podcast even better, more useful, more valuable, more insightful, uh, with better takeaways. Um, but we'll keep doing the kind of inspirational stories, the personal perspectives, the amazing tales of ingenuity that really inspire and educate and hopefully entertain you every week. We've built up an amazing loyal fan base uh, of listeners tuning in every week to find out who we're meeting and who we're speaking to and what stories we're going to be telling. And we hope you'll stay with us in 2017. We hope to keep growing this amazing community of people interested in what it means to be a better business here in the early part of the 21st century. So this is the last episode of the year. Uh, We've got a couple of weeks off uh, and then we're back in the new year to continue what we started here. And we did a bit of a a sort of mid-year review in the summer, uh, episode 23 it was, when we spoke to a a bunch of mates of mine, really, journalists working in sustainable business to find out what they're kind of getting excited about right now. And to mark the end of the year, we're going to be doing something similar this week. Uh, But this time we've gone back to speak with a number of the guests that we've had on the show during the course of the year. So you're going to hear a few different voices on this week's show to get some personal highlights, to explore some of the most significant moments of 2016, the good and the bad, that have really shaped the better business movement. And we're also going to get some predictions and hopes for 2017. So all of that coming up very shortly. Now, before we hear from the real stars of the show, which is our guests, of course, I just wanted to give you my take on the last 12 months by pointing to my nine things that happened or emerged in 2016 that give us some hope and positivity as we head into 2017. Number one, human rights is firmly on the agenda. Being able to trace where and how ingredients, commodities and products are sourced and made is high on the agenda for big business. And making sure that nobody is being treated badly is even higher thanks in no small part to the UK's Modern Slavery Act, which came into force in late 2015 and is keeping many companies, particularly in the food and fashion sectors, rightly on their toes. There's nothing quite like legislation that must be signed off by the CEO to really focus the mind. Number two, Elon Musk has done it again. Everybody's favourite cleantech pioneer announced to the world that his business, Tesla, would start selling its own line of solar panels with integrated batteries. The world sat up and took notice in a big way. Everybody got very excited about switching out their old roof tiles for flashy new panels. And perhaps for the first time ever, hashtag energy efficiency started trending across social media. Number three, climate action is happening. 
Last Christmas, the world celebrated the momentous signing of the Paris Agreement, the culmination of many decades of debate, dilemma and defensiveness by the world's biggest polluting countries. Finally, the deadlock had been broken with 195 nations agreeing to deal with the world's greenhouse gas emissions and start to properly finance mitigation and adaptation efforts the world over. But that was just the start. It wasn't until 5th of October this year that enough parties had ratified the deal in their own countries to break the threshold required for the agreement to be enforced. While some NGOs claim the deal won't be enough to save the planet from the worst impacts of climate change, many, like Patricia Espinosa, the UN's climate chief, describe the deal as a real turning point that humanity would look back on as the day that countries of the world shut the door on inevitable climate disaster and set off with determination towards a sustainable future. 4. We're finally listening to scientists. While former Education Secretary Michael Gove's assertion that people have had enough of experts came to symbolise this summer's post-truth Brexit debate, when it comes to the business response to global warming, it is the experts, in this case the climate scientists, that are starting to set the agenda. 2016 saw a concerted effort by companies to adopt science-based targets for reducing corporate carbon emissions, goals which, if met, will keep the average global temperature increase below 2 degrees. More than 200 companies have so far set such targets. Number 5. Environmental storytelling goes mainstream. President-elect Donald Trump's apparent dismissal of climate change as an issue of national concern might have sullied the efforts of the world's environmental campaigners, but his shock election victory in early November has certainly put the issue front and centre. What has often been deemed as a peripheral subject by the mainstream media has been thrust into the spotlight like never before, throwing light on an issue that many people, Trump supporters or otherwise, had rarely thought about previously. Trump might be a disaster for the planet, and time will only tell whether that proves to be the case. But his victory has been something of a success in ensuring that we don't take anything for granted. The job is not done, and the likes of Trump are testament to that. 6. Businesses are finally listening to changing consumer desires. If Kodak had realised its purpose was about capturing memories as opposed to selling film, it might still be successfully trading. Consumer attitudes towards brands are shifting and fast. As Ford's 2017 uh, Trends Report says, people are beginning to understand and appreciate the fragility of natural resources more than ever before. As such, ownership of stuff, from cars to music and even homes, is being deprioritised. Nissan's get-and-go Micra, which will use intelligent social media profiling to help form car-sharing clubs, is just one of a plethora of examples providing testament to companies shifting their products and services to cater for the changing consumer mood, something that will no doubt continue in 2017 and beyond. 7. Giving up meat could become real. One of the most simple things we can do to massively reduce global emissions is to give up eating meat, the production of which is said to be contributing around 7% of all greenhouse gases. What might have been considered unthinkable just a few years ago is starting to gain traction, particularly among the Gen Xers and Millennials out there. According to Hermione Taylor, the founder of Do Nation, who we had on the show last week, uh, reducing meat consumption is the most popular of pledges on the site being made right now. 
the explosion of meat substitute businesses like the plant-based burger firm Beyond Meat, which recently sold a 5% stake to Tyson Foods, is further evidence that meat consumption is on the wane, much to the planet's delight. 8. Workers' rights getting more attention even at home. From the brouhaha over the pension pot or lack of of British Home Stores employees to the treatment of casual workers at Sports Direct and the agency workers that have had to set up temporary campsites outside Amazon's Dunfermline warehouse because they can't afford to commute back and forth to work because their pay is so shockingly bad, corporate malpractice is very much on the radar. And that's good news for workers everywhere as the free press continues to hold companies to account. And finally, nine, the clean energy revolution is well underway. Last week's claims by Greenpeace that Centrica, owner of British Gas of course, is funding climate denial organisations only reinforces the fact that the old guard of fossil fuel companies is desperately clinging on for dear life. But that hasn't dampened the forceful march of the incumbent new energy players taking clean energy mainstream in 2016. Earlier this year, on a Sunday, clean power supplied almost all of Germany's energy demand for the first time, with renewables creating 45.5 gigawatts of electricity when demand was 45.8 gigawatts. In May, Portugal went for four consecutive days using only clean energy. So that's my take. Uh, let me know if you agree or if there's anything to add here. Send me a tweet at Tom Idol. Find me on LinkedIn if you like. I'd love to hear from you. So we had some incredible guests on the show this year. And as I said earlier, they were really the stars of the shows. Without their stories, we've got nothing really. And I was really keen to get back in touch with a number of them to see how their year had gone and to record some of those insights, those hopes and ambitions for the next year and beyond. Uh, First, I got in touch with Adam Garfunkel. You might remember Adam uh, from back on episode 20 when we wanted to find out what it meant to be a B Corporation, something that he'd achieved with his consultancy business, Junction. I started by asking him for his personal highlight of 2016. My personal highlight of 2016 was some training I went on. Uh, Perhaps not a, a standard answer, but it wasn't some standard training. It was called Transformational Leadership. And it was a week's course at the end of September in a retreat on O.C. Island in the Thames Estuary. It was led by this inspirational American trainer called Robert Gass, with uh, two S's, who has spent the last six years or so working in the Obama White House training people there. And uh, it was quite something. So the training was very personal. There were tears. Uh, you know, it was, it was that kind of uh, uh, deep, soul-searching thing. But it was also really focused on how you can be a better leader and it was all targeted uh, for organizations with a social mission so it was actually ended up being me and 53 people who work for ngos because 38 degrees organized it so i guess they reached out to their activist network in the end it was a bit odd but actually it was fine Um, and where we got to was how you can be a better leader for your uh, mission-led organization and Robert's mantra really had four elements to it. How you can get more real results with less effort, be happier, and be more pleasant to be around uh, for all your loved ones. So it was fantastic. Uh, At the closing circle, all 54 of us said it was one of the most inspirational things we'd ever taken part 
Martin. There's nothing quite like a bit of training to really reset the mind and reignite a passion for what you're doing. Certainly something that Adam took away from his experience this year. Like many of our guests, when asked to name the most significant moment of the last 12 months, he couldn't not mention Mr. Donald Trump. But like I said in my top highlights of the year earlier, he believes his election victory doesn't necessarily have to be a negative. I think it's probably both good and bad, actually. I don't think it's all bad. I know there are plenty of people who can only see it as a bad thing. And Lord knows, I do think it's going to be pretty bad in places. But I think there's some good in there, too. So, uh, you know, we've already seen interesting responses to Trump's election. So we've seen cities such as New York and San Francisco, the mayors in those cities saying, you just come and try and take away our immigrants. So that's an interesting dynamic the the rise of the city state almost uh against the uh, federal system i think there's going to be more and more of that in the years to come and i think that could be very interesting for uh, for better business and for sustainability to see those um, cities asserting themselves in that way if you look at the issue of climate change um obviously trump has put into positions of power plenty of people who are climate skeptics uh or worse and so that looks like a real a real issue. On the other hand, we've got China saying, well, whatever you do over there, we're going to stick with our climate change commitments. So that's really positive. That's a shift in the power dynamic. Uh, and I think maybe, maybe, fingers crossed, and thinking positively, maybe America's going to stick with some of those uh, climate commitments nonetheless. And I think also for companies, I think they have an opportunity to say, we're doing this regardless or in spite of or even because of Trump. I think it, this election could stiffen their resolve to take action on social and environmental issues because I think, I hope anyway, that now they recognize it's time for them to stand up as leaders, to be the leaders that the world needs in, in a way that politicians maybe aren't providing for so an opportunity for countries and businesses everywhere says adam and what of his wider hopes for his business the planet and wider society in 2017 so my hopes for 2017 well for my business i guess it's a classic survive and thrive ambition i want to see us uh do well i've got uh, lots of ideas about how our principles and skills in in strategy brand and impact design are relevant to the market and we've got lots of new interesting ideas and services and ways we think we can help in that area my hopes for the planet well to paraphrase loud and wainwright the third it's been a hard year on the planet 2016 so for 2017 my sense of optimism wants to kick in and i want to say it can only get better i i guess i'm not sure about that but i totally believe you have to fight the good fight as if you are going to win uh, and so I'm looking positively. And I think there are signs of progress in 2016. I think, you know, day to day, you look, read the news, you can be depressed by this and that. But actually, over the piece, there have been some encouraging signs, even in 2016. And one that particularly struck me was when back in October, the International uh, Energy Agency reported that renewable capacity to generate power had overtaken coal for the first time. So I think that's a really significant moment, that growth is coming in renewable energy. It's coming in emerging markets. Uh, I think 40% of that's in China. And I guess my hope uh, for the planet would be that we'll see renewable energy, not just in power, but also in transport and heat. And uh, I think that could be it's a realistic thing 
perhaps to hope for as well as an optimistic one. I think it's feasible. So I, I hope to see more of that in 2017. And my hopes for 2017 for society, I hope that more and more of us just understand that there's more that unites us than divides us. Some wise words there from Adam. One of the businesses I often refer to when talking about innovation and opportunity is Elvis and Cressy. And I was delighted to have the co-founder of the business, Cressy Wesling, on the show for episode 28 to talk about her business and how it's going from strength to strength. For Cressy, 2016 was all about pushing on and really finding new opportunities for dealing with waste leather. I think over the last 12 months, uh, the major highlight for us has definitely been uh, really understanding where we can go with our leather system, really getting it out into the market for the first time, starting to talk to people about it and getting great feedback and also the kind of feedback that takes it further and pushes us harder and put more into R&D. So it's, it, I, I wouldn't say it's like we had a great Tuesday where we woke up and said, wow, this is incredible, this is going to be amazing. But it's really just happened over the course of the year that our leather system is gaining the momentum I always hoped it would. Um, you know, but, but typical, uh, typical from an entrepreneur, I thought that would happen in 2015, but it seems to have happened in 2016 instead. Much like Adam, Trump's election victory has been both good and bad for the better business movement, says Cressy. It's time to step up to the plate now, she says. 2016 has been, um, it's, there's been a lot of bad things that have happened. That, that's, that's certainly true. And, and to me, Donald Trump getting elected uh, president of the United States is a bad thing. And the reason it's a bad thing is because he has issues with climate change. You know, he thinks it's something you can choose to believe in or not. And he is behaving accordingly. So, you know, he, he probably the worst moment of 2016 was when he appointed someone head of EPA in the U.S. who, who really doesn't believe in the work that the EPA does. And, and, I'm, and I'm not an American, you know, so, so this, is, this is not that, that I am obsessed with um, American politics. Just I know that America has a big influence on the rest of the world and that his rhetoric around climate and around the environment is really dangerous. So that's the bad. But the really interesting thing that's happened as a result of that is that, you know, I'm not a a public appointee. You know, I don't run an NGO that requires government funding. I run a business. And I've had lots of chats with other environmental business owners and people in the B Corp movement. And we have been riled up by this. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people out there who run good businesses who are thinking, right, I've got to step up to the plate now. I've got to double down. I've got to seriously scale my impact. And, you know, it's not like we needed batteries before. It's not like we needed a shot in the arm before. But holy goodness, we've got one now. And and I'm kind of feeling really, really positive about that. So. So something bad happened, but as a result, I think a lot of incredibly exciting things are going to happen. Uh, I think people are going to collaborate more. I think we're just going to move faster and more, it was sort of more ferocity towards, you know, helping people and making the world better. I, I, my, my real hope for t- 2017 and let's say the next five years is that actually Instead of instead of uh, complaining or worrying about the status of the world, we've got to recognize that, yes, it is really bad, but we have so much power to do something about it. We can really collaborate. We can really make things happen a lot faster. Particularly businesses can do this because you are 
you know, I, I don't rely on, on public funds. You know, if as long as we keep money coming in, we can do whatever we want. We can double down on goodness. We can work with really exciting businesses and we can help grow the B Corp movement. We can help grow the social enterprise movement. We can uh, help grow the environmental business movement. We can help each other to find the finances that we need. We can invest in each other. We can buy each other's products. You know, I think, I think my hope for 2017 is that actually we realize that the best way to react in a bad situation is to, is, is to focus on all the good things that you've done and maximizing them and really, really, growing things like that because I've, I've never felt like I had more um, of a right to grow as, 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 I, as I feel right now. You know, my business, I feel like you're really permitted to grow now. Like it's a necessity that we grow now. Always a pleasure chatting with Cressy and that company is just going from strength to strength. So next I spoke with Nick Davies. He's the founder of Neighbourly, a business we profiled back on episode 17 with the headline, Forget Facebook, Meet the Social Network for Social Good. Like Adam and Cressy, Nick's biggest moment of the year from a wider political standpoint was of course Trump. And again, he points to the good rather than bad of Trump in creating a sense of urgency on sustainability. Well, you won't be surprised to hear me say that the most significant moment is, of course, Trump. But um, I, I'm taking a very positive point of view on this because, A, I think we should. I think that there's an opportunity here. I, I think that what we have in the world is a climate emergency, but most people don't really understand that. They don't read about it or, or review it in those terms. And yet perhaps now Trump could be the catalyst that creates the emergency, that sense of emergency that we need to change things, that we need to move on. I mean, already it's reported that there's been a surge in fundraising for climate change movements and that there is a real sense of momentum to help get organized. And I think in Inauguration Day for Trump will be very interesting to see what happens on the actual day. So if Trump is an opportunity to create some urgency and to mobilize the movement, be that citizens, be that business, but to come together and really now fight for what's important. I think that's the way we have to look at the the inauguration of Trump and what we should be aiming to do in 2017. Nick's hopes for 2017 echo Cressy's mantra for action. Forget the clicktivism, it's time for activism, he says. There's been so much powerful rhetoric in the last few years and increasing data around the challenge. But I think most of society still has, if they have any degree of involvement, it's perhaps rather clicktivist. Whereas we've got to move on to activists now. We've got to get people believing that they can make a difference as an individual in the way they live their lives, whether that's the way they recycle or whether it's their attitude to playing their part in the community where they live. And I do think that perhaps now we've got some catalysts, be they positive forces for good in the businesses that are leading from the front and some of the political challenges that we see around the world. But I think both those subsets are creating the environment where movements like Global Goals really could start to flourish. And I, th- I think that's what has to happen in 2017 is that we normalize this and make personal contribution much more easy, much more commonly understood and something that people are inspired to do. 
Now, one person I was dead keen to reconnect with before the end of the year was Lisa Petrakovska. She appeared on our very first episode of the show back in February. You might remember she's the brains behind the Stockholm-based Ignitia, the incredibly smart technology and service that is being used by smallholder farmers everywhere to predict the weather in the tropics, a notoriously difficult part of the world to get the forecast right. Well, it's been a heck of a year. This is a service that now reaches more than 100,000 farmers across the world. And for Lisa, 2016 was all about the enforcement of the Paris Agreement. And now 2017 has to be about adaptation, something for which she is incredibly well positioned to play a huge role in. I think the best moment for 2016 has been, you know, that um, the world has actually finally agreed to an agreement around climate change and adaptation around that. I think is really important, especially in times of when, like, Trump has been elected in U.S., and uh, we need to find a way of, of moving the world, you know, towards the same direction in these things where there will be voices that that definitely uh, don't support it. So my hopes for 2017 would be that we really get started with like adaptation programs globally for climate change. Um I think that this has been one of the things that hasn't been discussed until, you know, late 2016 in the world. Uh, We have been talking a lot about mitigation for climate change, but the actual adaptation for those who need it most, where climate is getting uh, much, uh, or weather generally is getting much more uh, violent and you get uh, much more floods and, and longer droughts than before. It's really important to think about how we can help out, <clears throat> especially then farmers, uh, with adapting to this. Another of the most popular shows this year was the one we did with Cook, the frozen food business, which has really captured the imagination of people everywhere for its approach to social purpose. Charlotte Sewell, the company's social impact manager, joined us for episode 22 and we explored all sorts of subjects, not least the company's strategy in employing ex-offenders. So what was Charlotte's own personal highlight of the year? So I think my personal highlight of 2016 has been getting together to spend really good quality time with people in the Better Business movement who are all working together, supporting each other and playing together. And so for me, the two biggest examples of that this year were something called Bee Fest, which was a festival that we held in Wales for UK Bee Corps, the kind of community of certified Bee Corps, but also some of our friends, our critical friends, our supporters. We all got together in Pembrokeshire. People brought their kids, their boyfriends, their dogs. And we had about two or three days where we were kind of learning together, but also playing together and getting to know each other and spend real time together to work out where we wanted to go next. And for me, that was just super exciting because it was the sign of a B Corp community in the UK a year on and how strong the relationships were, that were forming between those companies were and the huge potential for us to work together and go kind of further faster. So that was really exciting. But it was also its very early days. So then a couple of weeks later, I was in Philadelphia for a global conference of B Corps and there were sort of 500 people, maybe from about 40 countries around the world, doing a similar thing. Um, and what was really exciting there was it was a moment where actually, although the community is doing loads, they also admitted what they hadn't done right. You know, they talked about 
of needing to be more inclusive and realising that we weren't reaching everyone we wanted to reach and who we needed to include. And that was just a lovely chance for me to kind of see that there's huge humility here, there's opportunities for us to admit what we all need to do more of. And I definitely left both of those experiences with real fire in my belly, excitement about the great stuff that people are doing, proper energy and motivation about what we could do next. So they were definitely definitely really big highlights of 2016 a kind of bottom-up leadership people working together collaborating where they might in the past have competed and a real hope for the fact that we can do more when we work together and when we build real strong relationships of course cook another of the b corporations we spoke to this year and that is a movement that is set to explode in 2017 no doubt so what of charlotte's hopes for the year to come um i'm an optimist i hope 2017 brings lots of change on some of these grounds that we've perhaps really heard the frustrations of in 2016. Um, maybe because I work in the food industry, I think I'm particularly haunted by this idea of 60 harvests left. And I think we've, we've seen some real signs in 2016 in the Antarctic, in kind of carbon levels of the real impact of climate change and the human contribution to that. And Although there's been a lot of fear in the kind of sustainable business environmental camps around what the election of, say, Trump might do for those causes, actually, and I was talking with um, Tom about this recently, this has actually given more column inches to this agenda. And maybe we will take note of what's going on in climate change. There's been more mainstream coverage of these issues since. So I hope that we'll get some real kind of collaboration working together to solve some of these problems in the food industry there are lots of exciting things to think about you know what does free-range chicken mean when you've got increasing land scarcity as populations rise and there's a big demand for protein are the solutions to do things more sustainably to properly look after the planet so i hope we'll kind of in 2017 a proper waking up and acknowledgement of some of these big trends that we really need to respond to whether they are lack of inclusion in the economy or a fatally decaying planet that we really need to respond to and we'll see some real working together on that and some proper unity on those issues and so I hope we can sort of turn some of the frustration and all the upheaval of 2016 into some real positive action. There's a lovely thing that um, John Elkington's been talking about um, recently so he uses this slide where he talks about quantum mechanics and he says if it hasn't and this is a quote you know if it hasn't scared you you haven't understood it properly and I think you could probably say the same thing about sustainability and I'd almost hope people get that fear so that we can really understand it properly and make some positive moves together. So there you have it our review of the year lots of shared predictions and hopes and aspirations from our collection of guests this week uh, thanks to Charlotte and Lisa and Nick Cressy and Adam for all your contributions and also for your feedback on the show, I know you're all regular listeners of the Better Business Show, so I really appreciated getting your your honest appraisal of you know what we're up to and what we're doing well and what we're not doing so well. Um, these past twelve months have seen some really strong progress, I think, by the business community in making this transition to being more resilient and robust and sustainable and responsible citizens. Uh, in fact, I'd probably go so far as to say that you know since I started writing about sustainable business, which is probably about 12 years now 2016 even with all the trump and the brexit stuff all thrown in the way it's been one of the most exciting and uplifting of years to be working in this field uh so you know it it stands as i think in good stead despite the uh, the potential obstacles that are in the way for the years to come 
Anyway, that's it for another week. I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from us here on The Better Business Show, whatever you're getting up to over the next few weeks. I'm sure some of you will still be working through it. Um, I hope you have a great time and a good rest if if you're doing that. We'll be back again here on Monday the 9th of January for another episode. Uh, So until then, goodbye. Goodbye.